0: Good morning. I think after Velda's message, I should just uh, end the service. That was fantastic. We can all be a blessing to other people. Well, uh, this is my first uh, opportunity to be a part of First Sundays at First Cup because we kicked this off back in September and, and my wife and I, Nancy, we were on a trip. And so this is my first, first Sunday and I'm excited about it. And if, this, if you're new today, uh, what we're doing is on the first Sunday of the month throughout the rest of the year, we're gathering together, all of us, all ages, from uh, infant all the way through senior adults in worship together. So there's a lot of energy and there'll be a little extra rustling and noise. And that's wonderful. Excited about that. Uh, we can bless each other and connect with the different generations. And one of the things that we're doing, our children's uh, ministry department has done a great job of trying to help uh, engage kids during the service. uh, uh, They've given some activity bags and things like that where you can be a part of the message and part of the, the day. But one of the things especially is there's something called Bless Bingo. So I don't want you to yell out bingo. OK, but uh, where you listen throughout the service or the sermon and when you hear me use a word that begins with a B or an L or an E or an S, you just kind of write it down in your bingo card. And I'm going to give and when you're done, you can take it out to the table in the foyer and they've got a, a, a gift for you, a prize for you this morning. OK, but I want to do I threw in a little something extra. So throughout the message, I'm going to use a few words, special code words, bonus words. If you hear these words. Give your mom or your dad your grandma or grandpa or somebody, give them a fist bump and circle the B on your card or the L or E. And those words, I'm going to give you a heads up what they are. So uh, at some point I'm going to say barbecue brisket and baked beans. Kind of feeling hungry. Uh, I'll say Eucharist. That's a fancy word. I'll explain what that means. Liver. I'm going to say uh, salmon, sushi, or steak. Okay? So those are your bonus words. Remember, give, give your mom or dad or your grandparent a fist bump when you hear that. So what's the most memorable meal you've ever had? That's a tough question, isn't it? Uh, Because there's so many factors that determine if it's memorable. It could be the quality of the food, you know, just a a, a five-star restaurant, a Michelin restaurant, just incredible meal. It can be the setting, uh, maybe a, a romantic dinner or uh, 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 maybe a, around a campfire in the mountains. It can be on, the, you know, look, looking over the ocean. Um, it, it's obviously the company involved, right? People that you care about, love, you connect with them over a meal and you create those those memories, don't you? Uh, I remember the meal I ate with my wife, Nancy, when I proposed to her. I had steak. It was great. That was not the most memorable thing, of course, she said yes. Um, I remember the fancy meal we ate uh, in Vermont at a... A really nice restaurant. We were all decked out and, and there was five courses and I'm like, wow, what do I do with this stuff? What's this? Sorbet? What do I do with this? I mean, it was, it was really fun. I, I remember eating at my grandmother's house and how much food there was and how I always, always overate even though I told myself I wouldn't. Um, I remember um, holiday dinners growing up where we would have Thanksgiving. You know, we'd have you'd know, have turkey or ham or, or pheasants. And, 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 and I remember meals at home with, with my kids and my wife, just connecting with each other, celebrating our special meals when we travel. travel. Um, I remember meals uh, traveling overseas. You know, that's really cool, memorable when you try something new, a new food, a different culture, you make new friends. I remember some of the meals that I didn't like very much, And they usually involve liver. I just do not like liver. I'm still not a fan. What meals come to mind for you? I mean, there's something about eating with other people, breaking bread together, sharing a common cup, in a sense, that creates memories and it grows friendship. It creates uh, intimacy. And I, I think we've lost something sometimes in our day and age with all the fast food and the and, and the, the home deliveries, we lose something. But when we sit down and we share a meal, whether it's at home or a restaurant, whether it's you know, at church or a park or, or something, barriers go down and connection goes up, doesn't it? Guy Fieri, who's the, the, the down-home chef, says, cooking is all about people. Food is a universal thing that really has the power to bring everyone together. No matter what culture, Everywhere around the world, people eat together. So we're kicking off our, we're continuing our sermon series, blessed that we kicked off a few weeks ago. And if you've been with us, uh, what we're doing is, uh, and if you haven't, I'll kind of catch you up. The overall premise is that we are blessed to be a blessing, as Velda said. We're blessed to be a blessing. And we're invited to be a part of, of Jesus' mission to reach people who maybe feel far from God, to restore them to what God has for them, uh, the, uh, the, l- the joy and peace and 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 all those things, and then we are to reproduce that mission in the lives of people that we that we work with and associate with and, and our blessed series the intent of it it 's not really rocket science right we all we all eat, but the intention is that we are consistently and intentional about blessing people to build relationships to to pray for them to engage them in conversation, to listen to them, really listen to them, not try to win an argument or approve a point, but to listen, to seek to understand them where they're coming from. Um, and this morning we're looking at the E, which is eat. Now, if being a Christian means that we follow Jesus, that seems by definition, that's, that's the key thing, right? It's not just believe a certain thing or go a certain place or vote a certain way. It's, it's follow Jesus. To be a Christian means to follow Jesus. Then we should take our accused from Him. And when you read through the Gospels—Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John—over and over again, you see many instances of Jesus eating meals with a variety of people. Now, the most famous meal, probably, you would say, is is the Last Supper. And, and we're going to be rem- remembering that and celebrating that in a few minutes when we have communion together. But the, the Last Supper, where Jesus breaks bread and shares a cup with his disciples before he goes to the cross. And, and and that's something that we're going to be doing in a few moments. But there's also the meals where where Jesus miraculously feeds thousands of people with just a few fish and a few loaves of bread. Uh, there's the last recorded meal that Jesus eats before he goes back to heaven after the resurrection. Remember that one? It's in John 21. He's uh, He's on the shore of a lake. Peter and the disciples are out fishing. It's early in the morning. And Jesus is making... Roasted fish over a fire. Can you just smell it? Sounds good, doesn't it? You know, he's making that meal for Peter and the disciples, especially for Peter, because Peter rejected Jesus, denied knowing Jesus. And he feels horrible. He just feels awful. He he wonders if he can ever be restored. And Jesus makes this meal for him and restores him. And of course, there are many times when Jesus breaks bread with people who maybe, would say, have a less than stellar reputation. Like in Matthew 9, we'll, we'll, we'll read this. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. So, so Jesus spent time eating with disciples and his followers, yes, but he also spent time with those who were not. And the most well-known story about this is the text that, that we're looking at today. Uh, Velda talked about it earlier. And if you grew up in Sunday school, you know the story. You probably sung a song about it. Uh, but I'm going to invite Aurora Hernandez. She's going to come out and she's going to read from Luke chapter nine, the story of Zacchaeus and Jesus. Oh. Well, you'll need a microphone, too, won't you? There you go.
1: Today, our passage is from Luke 19, verses one through ten. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there. By the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed the sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Jesus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham, for the son of God, for the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost.
0: Thank you, Aurora. So Jesus, or excuse me, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus would not have been a popular guy uh, because, as, as, as Velda said, he basically worked for the IRS, but he was a, he was a corrupt IRS agent. Uh, it, it would have been sort of like uh, if somebody, say, uh, in France, got rich during World War II by, you know, cozying up to the Nazis and. And, um, and doing some of their dirty work and cheating their neighbors. It would have been like that. So you do that, you're not going to get very many dinner invitations. And and, and, and good people, good people, God-fearing people, weren't going to be asking him over for you know barbecued brisket or, or baked beans. And when Zacchaeus invites them to dinner, he doesn't get many yeses. So, you know, when you think about this, I don't think Zacchaeus was planning on asking Jesus to dinner. I mean, he knew how religious people responded to him. And so he was curious, though. He wanted to see Jesus. So being a short guy he climbs in the tree, but he's not he's not anticipating connecting with Jesus. But Jesus does not wait for an invitation. He sees Zacchaeus. He sees him and he takes initiative. Jesus invites himself over. I mean, we wouldn't dream of inviting ourselves over to somebody's house. Well, when I was a youth pastor, I sometimes did it because I was single, you know. But but Jesus does this here. He says, I must stay at your house Today. In other words, I want to be a part of your life. Jesus does that for us, doesn't he? He comes to the door, he knocks, and he says, open it, and I'm going to come in and do what? I'm going to eat with you. I'm going to share a life with you. I'm going to share a meal with you, which is a gift. That's, that's grace. That's grace. Now, that doesn't happen every day. I mean, think about somebody you really admire and respect, but you've never met them, you'll never meet them. They come to the slide, there's a huge crowd, and they pick you out of the crowd and say, hey, Let's do lunch. Might make you feel a little un- uncomfortable, you know, a little uh, conspicuous. Um, but, but Jesus publicly looks at Zacchaeus, town pariah, and says, I want to spend time with you. Let's go grab coffee. Let's have a lunch. Let's go to your house, in fact. It's not a neutral public place. We're going to your house. And the predictable happens. People disapprove. You can hear them mumbling, you know, I thought Jesus was a righteous guy. You're known by the company you keep. Uh, Doesn't he understand what this is going to do to his reputation? I'm so disappointed in him. But Jesus does not seek the approval of the crowd. He never seeks the approval of the crowd. He cares about Zacchaeus. He sees a short man who's fallen short. He sees a rich man who's spiritually impoverished. He sees a guy who can buy anything he wants practically, but he can't buy acceptance and he cannot buy salvation. And Jesus takes initiative. Let's break bread together. Let's go hang out. It's an act of grace. It's a gift. And grace understood and grace receives always changes hearts and lives. And that's what happens here. The way Jesus treats Zacchaeus, it melts his heart and on the spot, He sort of he obviously understands this grace somehow that he doesn't deserve it. So on the spot, he's 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 lavishly generous and he makes steps to publicly reimburse the people that he has taken advantage of. And Jesus celebrates it. Today's salvation has come to this house because this man is a son of Abraham, too. For I came to seek and to save what was lost. So Zacchaeus, who has been far from God, is now drawn close Zacchaeus, who feels like a pariah, has now been restored. And I bet Zacchaeus never, ever forgot that meal. Now, we have the opportunity every day to connect with people and to point them to Jesus Christ, to his grace. To love them and to serve them, to listen to them, to pray for them, maybe even pray with them if they feel comfortable. And a very simple, profound step is to eat with them, to share a coffee, to grab lunch to invite them to a barbecue. It doesn't have to be anything special or fancy. It doesn't have to be sushi or sandwich or steak. Just something to eat and something to to drink. An atmosphere where people converse and connect, where you have a shared experience. You, You connect heart to heart as human beings created in God's image, which is what Jesus did. Over and over, Jesus does this. Now, when Jesus talks about heaven, one of the primary metaphors is what? It's a banquet. It's a huge dinner party, extravagant and lavish. People from all over, near and far, plenty of food and drink, appetizers, desserts, no doubt, gathering around the common table, eating and talking and laughing and celebrating, doing life with each other and with Jesus. And that's what Jesus ultimately wants us to experience. He wants all people to experience that. And that's what we should want the people around us to experience. A dinner party that never ends, where everybody feels comfortable and understood and accepted. Everybody feels loved because they understand and have received the grace of Jesus Christ. A memorable meal. And we get a taste of that here, don't we? I mean, aren't those meals where the food and the atmosphere And the company and the setting just kind of line up and you just do not want that night to end. You know what that's like. We yearn for that, whether we believe it or not. We we all want those moments to never end. And the good news of Jesus is that someday those moments do not have to end. I mean, Jesus came to give us abundant life. Here, but also for eternity. And when I... Think of the word abundant. It makes me think of those cornucopias, you know, those kind of uh, like a ram-shaped, uh, like a ram's horn. You just stuff them full of you know, grains and fruit and vegetables, put them on your table at Thanksgiving, uh, just overflowing with good stuff. That's what Jesus came to give us. And that good stuff comes through Jesus himself, is Jesus himself. And it comes through op- opening the door when Jesus comes and knocks And Jesus comes in and he shares a meal with us. He sits down on a table, eats and drinks with us. And that's what this meal we're going to be celebrating points us to. It's a foretaste of what's to come. A foretaste of what Jesus offers us and gives us. Jesus described himself in many ways, many metaphors. One of them was, I'm the bread of life. He said, if you eat of this bread of life, you'll never be hungry. Jesus also said, I came to give living water. If you drink from this water, you'll never, ever be thirsty. Overflowing, never running out, never running dry. That's the meal Jesus shares with us. That's what he offers all people. And he invites us to invite others to that meal, to a relationship with Jesus, where their hunger and their thirst is satisfied. That meal is known as the Lord's Supper. It's known as communion. It's known as the Eucharist. In the Greek language of the New Testament, Eucharist means Thanksgiving. So in communion, we give thanks to Jesus for what he's done for us. And in communion, we celebrate a meal that brings family and friends together with Jesus, sort of like what we do over the holidays. It's the ministry of of eating, of hospitality, of experiencing life with each other. That's how we connect. That's how we grow intimacy. That's how we understand and be understood and love and are loved. Here's a guy in our church. Uh, he and his wife try to do this. Uh, not perfectly, of course, because nobody does, but they're intentional about it. So let's take a listen to Rob as he shares a little bit about this in their life. <laughs>
2: has been a big part of getting to know people sometimes it's going to their house and eating with them sometimes it's inviting people to our house and eat and then sometimes it's inviting someone to lunch where you get to see them in a different um, light I'll use for example my neighbor Tyler we uh, play basketball together and we're in larger group groups together Um, But we didn't really have that one-on-one time to just sit down and talk with each other. And so we went out to lunch to Mocha's and had some coffee and sandwich and it was this, I just felt like uh, he and I really understood each other uh, a lot more after that and became closer friends because of it. When you invite a whole family over, sometimes you know one person in the family and then all of a sudden you realize there's this whole other side of them. I think our biggest hesitation is the the messy house because with so many kids, the house is messy and I I tell my wife, your house will be messy until the kids move out and then you'll wish they would come over and mess it up for us. I think when people come over though, they don't see that, they they understand that this is a house that is lived in and, and uh, you can't keep a, a clean house 24 seven. So I think it would just uh, have the confidence to be real and you know, you don't want to have a false front and say, well, we're, these, we're this perfect family with a perfectly clean house and kids that are always mind and are always quiet. Um, it, I think it's better when you're real, real with people and say, hey, this is how, how we are, who we are. Our house is loud, our house is messy, but there's a lot of love there. And then they say, yeah, that's, that's what our house is like too. So um, I think we understand each other a lot better when that happens. For me, it just seemed like Jesus broke bread with his disciples a lot, and there were a lot of ceremonies that centered on food, the Passover and things like that, and the, the food had special meanings. Um, there probably is some relaxation that occurs when you're eating, and you're in a different state. You're maybe not as nervous, not as guarded, and you can be real with people.
0: So So how can you... Bless people this coming week. How, how will you bless people this coming week? You know, so, so far, I've challenged you to, to begin with prayer, to identify five people that God has put upon your heart, uh, to pray for them five minutes a day for five weeks consistently. Uh, we, we've challenged each other to, to listen, to, to seek to intentionally listen, not to correct or debate or, or to argue or to prove a point, but to listen to understand to, to express love, to, to connect at a deep level. And, and today we're looking at eat, to take the initiative like Jesus, to invite people to a meal or a, a coffee or to connect it with a shared experience. And that's how it often works. We, you go to a concert or a game or you play golf or tennis. You eat something before, you eat something afterwards. Do something like that. That's something each one of us can do. We are basically, we are to be intentional and lovingly about doing life with people, because that's what Jesus Christ did. And, and that made a difference as people experienced his grace. And that's what Jesus invites us to do, to invite all people to a life with him, a great banquet, a life of abundance. So so now we come to the table. And so this morning as we come to the table, we eat and we drink with, with humility, we drink with Confidence. We drink with uh, gratitude and love. But remember, always remember that, that this, this is a table that has room. Jesus wants more at the table. And so we can be a part of that. We can bless people by praying for them, by listening to them, but we can, we can bless them by connecting with them and inviting them to ultimately a shared meal with Jesus Christ. So how can you bless someone this week? How will you invite someone to share a meal, an experience with you? And ultimately, an experience in a meal with Jesus Christ. So the meal is it's ready and it's waiting for you and me. And Jesus is eager, is eager to share that meal with us and with all. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we thank you. For the gift of your son, Jesus, how he took the initiative in our lives, how he reaches out to people, expressing his love and his grace. Lord, we pray that we as his followers would do the same. And Lord, we pray now for this meal as we partake, uh, that we would do no, we would not do this kind of rotely out of rote or routine, but uh, or casually, but that we would do so with, with a sense of your Holy Spirit's presence, uh, that we would do it with a sense of gratitude and love and humility as we draw near to you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for the gift of your Son, Jesus, and all that he has done in our lives.